Hello everyone. Are you guys good? So we were doing, um, we were hosting like a, a vibe station at the, at the August today, and um, it's the first bit of sun we've been in, and I was sitting there right now, and I've got the worst cramp in my left leg. I clearly haven't had enough liquid. I'm like trying to like stretch my leg out. It is so sore right now. Help me, Jesus. I'm so stoked that you guys are in God's house. Are you guys stoked to be here? Come on. I don't know about you guys, but worship was next level. I love worship. We love our worship team. Uh, can we pray? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege and honor of being able to come together as the body of Christ. I thank you for worship. I thank you for the fellowship we had before the service. Father, I pray that tonight we will be encouraged, that we will be ready to do what you've called us to do, to be your hands and feet. So I thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church, in Tableview, in Malkbos, in Camps Bay. I praise you for it, Father. It's all for your glory. It's all for your kingdom. Use us, Lord. Use us in every single way you wanna use us, whether it's a church, in our homes, at our workplace, wherever we are, Use us to build your church. So I thank you for tonight. I honor every single person here as we commit this in your precious name. And everyone said, Let's get some Bluetooth high fives as you take your seat. We're not a lot of touch. Don't get any ideas. So um, my name is Matt. I get the privilege of leading View City. We love you, City. Come on. And um, like I said today, some of us were hosting just a vibe station uh, at the Cape August, and it was really cool. And we got there, and it was just fun. There were a lot of people, and we got our flags, and people got to see View Church right outside the high school as well. So it was like perfect location. And um, anyway, so all of a sudden, we heard the helicopter come, and normally the helicopter means that the front runners are there, right? Because it's, it's really the only group of riders that they care about, like the top 20, because it's the footage, it's the ones that are gonna win, it's the race, it's the, it's the real reason why people actually watch the race. So we had the helicopter, and the helicopter's legit like about to touch the water, like in these rad angles, and then in front of um, the, the, the first group, the, the, the front group, there were all these cop cars, and it was actually quite cool, like obviously paving the way and making the way. And um, like, these guys are serious. These guys are, like legit had like number one to like 40 on their bikes. Like they were like the top seeds. They were, like, one of them were gonna win, okay? And um, anyway, so all these guys come through and um, as soon as they get to us, right on the corner, they crashed. The front runners crashed. And um, I laughed because I thought it was quite funny. I've never seen cyclists get so angry before. And um, the last to leave was number three, number six. So I don't know where they ended up on the race, but I thought I'd let you guys know that we saw the front people crash. And um, it was just one of the highlights of my day. Don't tune me, it was really... I mean, they needed to win the race. They didn't want me to pray for them. Then there were people cheating. People had like these e-bikes. They were still lost, anyway. We have a God's Word, and uh, we're in our new series, well, it's the second week, and it's called Dangerous Prayers, and last week was amazing. We, we spoke about being bold and, and praying bold prayers, and, and I really think that as a church, we're in a season where we've prayed some bold prayers. 
We've prayed some big prayers, and we're living in the fruits of those prayers. We've seen God do incredible things in Malpos. We've seen people come to church. We've seen young people. The youth started a few weeks ago. We've seen people join team. Junior youth is starting next week. It's just, we had growth track last week. Growth track was incredible. It was two weeks ago at Malpos. God is doing something in Malpos on the back end of bold prayers. Then Camps Bay, which is launching next week, Sunday. Come on now. God is doing some good things in our church. But can I just take a moment, and I have no idea how I only have 17 minutes left. I hope that's a mistake. If it is, I apologize. It's a good story, people laughed. You guys got a good chuckle. I got the response I wanted. If you guys didn't laugh, it would have been awkward. Then I really would have felt like I, I wasted shucky shh. But I wanna take this moment, if I may, I like to honor. I like to honor people when I preach. I think it's the best thing we can do. I really wanna honor Tableview. View Church Tableview. The mothership, the hub. I wanna thank you for being bold in this season. I wanna thank you for sacrificing in this season. I wanna thank you for, for stepping out and believing and, and holding on to this incredible vision that God's given our lead pastors, Andre and Leanne. I wanna thank you for stepping out. I really wanna honor you, is that okay? Can I honor you guys tonight? My prayer is that as we keep growing our vision as a church, that we're gonna see so many more uh, location pastors coming out of table view that we're gonna see leaders of dream teams coming out of table view, that we can release to go and plant locations in other parts of Cape Town because of what God is doing in this church. I pray that there will be such a momentum in table view. So much so that we're almost gonna be have to force to plant new locations because we just have an overflow of strong leaders in God's house. So thank you. Thank you for believing and trusting God and being bold in this season. Can you guys give yourselves a round of applause? <clears throat> now, when I say the word legacy, we all have someone or some people that come to mind, right? No, just one or two of us. If I say legacy, you think of someone. It could be Nelson Mandela. He's got quite a cool legacy, right? I was writing some names down and then I thought of the name of Robin Williams, the comedian. Everyone speaks about the legacy that, that he made in acting and, and comedy and what he did and, and the sack. You know, we, we, we all think of someone, it could be a family member, it could be your dad, it could be your mom, uh, it could be your grandpa or your, your grandma or your auntie or your uncle, but there's someone or some people that come to mind and these are, are legacies which are encouraging, these are legacies that you want your grandkids to know, your great-grandkids to know, you must wanna write it down so the future generations can, can know about these incredible things that, that this person left behind in their legacy. That's a good legacy. But there's a, a flip side to a legacy. Then there's also some bad legacies, some negative legacies. We all can think of some names. I'm not gonna say those names. I don't wanna take away from tonight. But there's some people who've lived the life that have left a negative legacy, a bad legacy, a legacy that carries a, a weight that just really isn't comfortable. Myself and CJ, 
we love binge watching those um, serial killer Netflix series. Who else does that? There are a lot of hands. Those guys have got some bad legacies, amen? What's that one? No, no, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get distracted. But clearly we leave legacies when we live a life. We either leave a, a good legacy or we leave a bad legacy. We have a decision to make whether we are going to leave a kingdom legacy, a legacy that is going to honor God, a legacy that's going to honor the future generations, or we have a decision to leave a legacy that some people are going to go, ah, I don't know if that was the right one, or some people might go, you left no legacy at all. We have a decision to make. What kind of legacy are we going to leave? When I was praying and when I was trusting God, we were speaking about leaving legacy and legacy. The, the piece of scripture came to mind where Jesus was talking to his disciples in John 14. And to give you context about John 14 is the five verses before John 14, the disciples had heard some really discouraging news. There was a whole list of things that they had experienced. There was a whole list of things that they had learned for the first time and it caused them to carry a weight and Jesus picked it up. They found out that Jesus wasn't gonna be with them for too much longer. They also found out that the reason why Jesus wasn't gonna be with them for much longer was because he was gonna die. They also found out that someone in the inner circle in, in the 12 disciples was gonna betray Jesus. One of them found out that he was gonna deny Jesus publicly three times. And that's just part of the list. They got all this news and felt super discouraged. And Jesus responded. John 14, verse one. And then I wanna focus on the last three scriptures in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except uh, the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that, we will, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, do you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone, who's, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verse 12 is when we see Jesus speak about a legacy that's gonna empower the generations to come. 
Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'm gonna read verse 12 again. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Leaving a legacy means the generations after us will do even greater things than what we have done. Jesus painted that picture clearly. He said, I'm gonna leave you a legacy. You're gonna live in my legacy. But not only are you gonna live in my legacy, you are gonna do even greater things than what I have done. Even greater works, even greater miracles. Now that's hard to believe, but if we see how the book of Acts and the New Testament played out, the very thing Jesus said about them living a bigger legacy than what he did came true. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people got saved. Miracle after miracle was performed. They were able to reach locations and regions that Jesus was never able to reach. Church was built in regions that Jesus was never able to reach. What Jesus said came to fruition. In fact, you and I are living in the legacy of Jesus today. You and I are living on the back end of the disciples' legacy that they left for the people after they passed away. We are living in the legacy that Jesus is talking about. So church, I wanna ask you tonight, are you leaving and building a kingdom legacy that's gonna bless the next generation? It's a hard question to ask because you might not really like the answer. Are we building and are we gonna leave a kingdom legacy that's gonna empower release and bless the next generation the way Jesus intended it to be. If I can, so that's the first type of legacy, it's a, it's a kingdom legacy. We said we're living in the kingdom legacy that Jesus left on that day. When he left the grave empty, we're living in his legacy. When he gave us the promises, we're living in those promises. Kingdom legacy. But can I give a different narrative? Let's say Jesus came and ministered on earth. But the whole entire time that Jesus ministered and spoke truth and performed miracles, he did it by himself every single day. Every day he ministered, every day he taught, every day he performed these miraculous signs and wonders, he did it by himself. He had no one around him. And that was his life. For three and a half years when he did public ministry, he did it by himself. He never had the disciples. He never had anyone following him. And then he does this incredible sacrifice by giving his life on the cross. And like he said, he left the grave empty and he went back up to be with the Father. But because he didn't have anyone around him, he left no legacy. If that was the case, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. We wouldn't be having church tonight. The, 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 the breakthrough power that you received on, on that one day when someone prayed for you, you wouldn't have got that because Jesus wouldn't have left the legacy. 
what God is doing in Markbus, what God is doing in Tableview, what God is doing in Camps Bay, these things wouldn't be happening because Jesus never left a kingdom legacy. In fact, he would have left no legacy. What legacy are you building? Are you building a kingdom legacy or are you building no legacy? Because we see the fruits of when no legacy is built. There's almost no hope for tomorrow. There's no promise for tomorrow. There's no picture for tomorrow. There's, there's no vision we can pray into and look into and believe for because there's no legacy being built. So there's a kingdom legacy, there's no legacy, and then there's the wrong legacy. And for that, I wanna speak about the disciple who the disciples heard would betray Jesus, and that's Judas. Judas had it all. I'm pretty convinced there were some people who were super jealous of Judas because he was part of the 12 disciples who got to spend some pretty cool time with Jesus, the Messiah, the promised one. He got to spend some key time, some key teachings. He got to fellowship. He got to break bread. He just had the best time of his life. But Judas made a mistake. Judas started to build his own legacy. Judas started to think about himself. Judas made a decision that was gonna glorify him, that was gonna benefit him, that was gonna make his pocket a bit heavier with some money. Now, the legacy of Judas is one we all know. In fact, there's two legacies that we know of Judas. The first one is that Judas is the betrayer. His legacy is that he betrayed Jesus. We don't know Judas as anything else but the betrayer of Jesus, the one who led the guards to Jesus to be arrested on that night. That's his legacy. Why? Because he built into the wrong legacy. It was a selfish desire. It was me. What can I gain from this? The second legacy, and we read that in, my iPad just went all the way to the top, is in Acts 1. Verse 19. Actually, let me read from 16. Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. He was lucky. He got it to be a part of the 12. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Jesus bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Al-Qadama, sorry, Al-Qadama. That is the field of blood. If you Google the field of blood, the image of where Judas killed himself will pop up on Google. Judas. Judas, I was thinking Jay, Judal, Google. Ronovash Boys Education. Someone Googled for us in Ronovash. We didn't Google. No, I'm joking. When I was in school, no, we didn't even have laptops. Anyway. But just hear what I'm saying. His legacy is on that land in 2021. It is 2021. 
Guys, I have not been in that sun in a long time. Okay, my brain is fried today. I'm just being open honest with you right now. My leg is cramping. I'm just trying to pull a straight face for you, trying to push through. It is 2021. <laughs> Someone say yes. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. His legacy is still alive and well in 2021 as the field of blood because of the selfish decision he made to build his own legacy. So church, I want to ask you, are you building into a kingdom legacy, no legacy, or the wrong legacy, a negative legacy? Because only one of those are going to glorify God. Only one of those are going to equip, empower, release the next generation to do even greater than what we have done. What legacy are you building? You see, when we die one day, two questions are gonna be asked of us. Two questions. The first question is, what did you do with Jesus when you were alive? What did you do with Jesus when you were alive? The second question, is what did you do with your life when you were alive? If those answers don't lead to this response, we have to rethink about the legacy that we're building. If those answers lead to, well done, my good and faithful servant, then you know you've built and left a kingdom legacy. If you had to, if God had to ask you now, right in this moment, would his response be, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because we can think that we're building this great legacy and we're gonna leave it behind. But I wanna build a legacy where God goes, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the legacy I want for each and every one of you, is for God to go when you die one day, when you enter into heaven, for him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. What legacy are you building? If I can encourage us with some practical things to help us build into a kingdom legacy. It's 20 seconds, over. <laughs> I don't believe that. Someone's mugging me off. I'm just gonna ignore that. It's a sign, yeah. It's blurred my vision. It's actually 20 minutes left. I just, it's, it's reversed, it's reversed. The first thing I wanna encourage you is to live with the Spirit. To build a kingdom legacy is to live with the Spirit. John 15 to 17 says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. Build a legacy with the Holy Spirit. I don't think it was a coincidence on the back end of speaking about a legacy that Jesus was gonna leave. He spoke about the Holy Spirit being an advocate for us, leading us, teaching us, speaking life into us, helping us, reminding us what's at the center. Is it the Spirit at the center or is it your selfish desires at the center? Is the Holy Spirit helping you build a legacy or is it your selfish desires building your legacy? We build with the Spirit. Next, we've got to live with integrity. We have to live with integrity. Now, integrity doesn't mean perfection because we can't be perfect. The only perfect person was Jesus. We aren't Jesus. 
But we've got to be people of integrity. We've got to be people who are honest. We've got to be people who, who can call out the shortfalls in our life. I've messed up. I've made a mistake. But I'm a person of integrity, and I'm going to own up to it. And I'm going to keep getting better. And I'm going to keep trusting God. And He's going to heal me in those areas. And He's going to help me in those areas. And He's going to grow me in those areas because I'm being honest with God, and I'm being honest with myself. We've got to live with integrity. We have to live with integrity. It says in Proverbs 22, verse 1, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. What are you doing to work on the integrity of your name? Are you being honest with yourself? With where you're at, with how you're feeling, with how you're thinking, with what you're building? Let's be people of integrity. Next, we serve with an intensity. We serve with and intensity. And that point goes hand in hand with our values, where we take things personally and we aim to make it better. What can I do to make my marriage better? What can I do to make my family better? What can I do to make my workplace better? What can I do to make the team that I serve in better? What can I do to make the school that I go to better? Am I taking it personally? Am I taking responsibility? We need to serve with an intensity. Are we aiming to make it better? Are we taking responsibility? I was thinking and reflecting of when I was in kids' church and, and looking at leaders who, I was just mentally thinking of leaders who've, who've, who've led me, who've, who've, who've left a legacy in my life, who've equipped me and led me, and, 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 and Daryl came to mind. Do, we know, do you guys know Daryl? Some of us might know Daryl. Kids' church will know Daryl. When I was young and first started coming to View Church, Daryl was one of my first leaders. Daryl made Kids' Church the best place for me to come on a Sunday. He loved us. He cared about us. He showed interest. He, when we spoke, it felt like he was connecting with us. He was just the greatest leader ever. See, Daryl left a legacy with how he served, with how he took it personally, with, with how he made my life better and, and Kids' Church better. And do you know what the legacy he's left behind now? Is that both Daryl's son and daughter serve at Kids' Church every Sunday. That's his legacy, is that now his son and daughter are going to build a legacy for the next sons and daughters to serve at Kids' Church. We've got to serve. We've got to serve. Next, we've got to give generously. We've got to give generously. Can we trust God? Can we step out in faith to do more for others than we, what we might do for ourselves? Where we put others first, where we put others above ourselves, where we serve others with, with generosity, where we give with, with, with a generous spirit. It says in Psalm 112 verse nine, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted with high honor. Proverbs 11 verse 25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Do it knowing that God is looking after us. That God is looking after you. 
that people can see just that, that generous spirit living inside of your life. And you know what's cool? Is that when you are generous to someone else, encourage them to be generous to someone else. And then they're gonna be generous to someone else. And they're gonna encourage someone else to be generous to someone else. All of a sudden, there's this generous legacy that people are becoming better and better and better at because we've taken the responsibility to be generous. We give generously. Next, we succeed with humility. Pride brings a person low, but a lowly spirit gains honor. Whenever you look at Jesus speaking about the works that he was doing, the words that he was preaching, every act that he performed, he always gave honor to the Father. He always made it about the Father. He always made it about His Father in heaven. I'm asking you, when you serve God, when you serve others, when you do what God's called you to do, are you making it about yourself or are you making it about the Father in heaven? It's a simple question for us to ask. It's a question I have to ask myself. Is this about me or do I take the picture Jesus painted for us and to make it about the Father, our Father in heaven? We succeed with humility. Let's not be prideful when we build a kingdom legacy. Let's be humble and allow God to build more and more every single day. Next, share Christ with urgency. Can we get the keys up, please? In fact, could we have the worship team up? I really feel like there's a, such an incredible anointing on worship tonight. We've got to share Christ with urgency. Jesus solidified his legacy by sharing the Great Commission. His legacy lives on in the Great Commission. To go out, to share the gospel with people, with all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Are we sharing Jesus with urgency? Is there an urgency on our hearts to let people know of the truth? We don't know what tomorrow holds. Let's not miss out on sharing Jesus with people. There's a story that I read in the week of a lady who was in the drive-thru and the car in front of her paid for her meal and told the teller, hey, I really thought God said, hey, buy the meal for the lady behind you. But can you ask her to come to church on Sunday? I'd love to meet her. Never got the person's name, but she was invited to go to the local church. She came and all she had with her was the number plate of the car that paid for her meal. She found the pastor and said, pastor, I don't know the person's name, but I wanna let you know that she saved my life on that day. She saved my life because that was my last meal that I was gonna eat before I was gonna take my life. But there was an urgency to share Jesus. Sometimes sharing Jesus doesn't need to be face to face, saying, hey, do you know about Jesus? Sometimes it's just about serving and loving them the way Jesus would have loved them. That lady's life was saved that day because there was an urgency to acknowledge and serve Jesus. She experienced the love of Jesus, I've got no doubt, when she was told, hey, someone's bought you a meal. She would have been filled with a love that she's never felt before. 
because there was an urgency. Share Jesus with urgency. Next, always live with someone else in mind. Always live with someone else in mind. Because Jesus had you in mind when he was on the cross. Always live with someone else in mind. Always. So can I ask if we stand to our feet? I already feel like we need to worship. If we can sing the third song. So easy, don't judge me. Don't laugh at me. And I just want you to receive his reign, to receive his love. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what legacy you're building. Maybe you're building the wrong legacy or you're building no legacy, but I wanna encourage you. You see, Judas had a journey to walk to go to the land that he bought to take his life. There was a journey. And Judas was carrying the wrong legacy. He knew that, he's, that he built the wrong legacy. And that legacy led him to walk, to take his own life. But if you look at it geographically, he would have walked past Golgotha. He would have walked past the three crosses, looking at the center cross, where his savior, where his friend, who loved him unconditionally, died for him. Yet he chose not to accept the love of Jesus. Church, I wanna encourage you. God's grace is sufficient. His mercy is enough. You might have been living a life where you've been building the wrong legacy or no legacy, but all he's asking is for you to come to the cross. All he's asking is for you to give your life to him. All he's asking is for you to lay down your life and say, Jesus, no more do I wanna build the wrong legacy or the bad legacy. I wanna start to build a kingdom legacy. He wants you to do that, but you gotta accept him. You gotta go to him with open arms. Don't walk away like you just walked away. Don't let the bad legacy be known for what you're for, but come to Jesus tonight. He wants to help you build a kingdom legacy.